So we've been going through the days of the week. Uh, we started two weeks ago with Sunday. Last week we looked at Monday. And I'll be honest, it gets real confusing because we do this on a Sunday and, uh, and we're going through the weeks and so it's starting to get a little weird. Uh, but the reality is what I've, what I've come to understand is that faith only works if it works all week. It's not enough to have faith like through the weekend and then not in the week and all of that. I believe the way God's designed us is that the faith that we have today carries us through the week and we, we find faith each week. And we understand how God created a rhythm to the earth. We can see that in seasons. We can see that in uh, you know, the tide and the moon phases. We see there's a natural rhythm to the creation of the earth. And so why would God have stopped creating a rhythm uh, when he created our weeks and, and allowed us to, to, to have weeks uh, so I believe there's this natural rhythm where we go, okay, God, what do we need to do today? What are you doing in my life today? And what are we going to do tomorrow and on and on? And this conversation is designed to help us remember that there is power that can be had in every single day, that God is working and moving every single day. We just have to understand what he's doing. And so we've been looking at the days. Sunday, we talked about Sunday being the day of rest. Your day of rest might come somewhere in the week. It's not a legalistic thing. But by and large, Sunday is the day of the Lord. It's a day of rest. And what's beautiful is that we end up uh, starting our week out of rest. And so we believe Sunday, the first day of the week, is the day that we pause, we stop, we allow our souls to catch up to the pace of life that we've been living, and we rest. And we looked at Monday as the day that we begin all things new. Well, we may have had a weird Saturday and a funny Sunday, but we know Sunday can be a day of fresh beginnings a day that we're reminded that we've been made new in Christ, that we're never stuck in our sin, we're never stuck in old habits or old behaviors, but we can be made new. But what I want to do this morning is I want to look at Tuesday. But before we do, I want your permission. I want to mess with your Tuesday. Actually, I want to mess with every Tuesday that you experience for the remainder of your life. I never want you to wake up on a Tuesday and see it the same way. Again, do I have your permission to forever change the way you see Tuesdays? See, what I find to be funny about Tuesday is that Tuesday uh, in, in history was uh, named after Tyr, the Norse god. I don't know if you're a fan of Norse history, but it's named after Tyr, the Norse god of war. And the Romans were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to name it after Mars, their god of war. And what's funny is that the Greeks say, no, nah, I'm going to name it Eris after our god of war. And so what we realize is that Tuesday is a day dedicated to the Norse, Roman, and Greek gods of war. And we just wake up on a Tuesday and we just live it like it's a regular day. Like, ah, it's Tuesday. It's not Wednesday we're in the middle of the week. It's not Friday where we get the weekend. It's just a Tuesday. And yet what we realize through, through history is this is a day set aside and dedicated to gods of war. So what do we think our God wants to do on a Tuesday? Anybody speak Spanish? You, somebody speak Spanish? I ask this question every so often, and I haven't found any takers. Uh, I'm learning. As I've said, uh, does anybody know what Tuesday is in Spanish? Nobody can remember Tuesday in Spanish. It's Martes. It's, it's Martes. You got French? That's it? It's Martes. I don't know French. It's Martes. Uh, it comes from Mars, the Roman god of war. That even the Spanish understand this deep implication of the gods of war. And so what I believe has the potential to take place in our lives on Tuesday is Tuesday is the day that we face the battle. Tuesday is the day that we face the battle, that we go to war, that we don't keep living Tuesdays as if they're just regular days that we just get through and move on, but we take Tuesday by, by, uh, by going, facing the battle, because we get 52 a year. 
So we get 52 battles every year, a day set aside and dedicated to going, okay, where's the battle at and how am I to engage? See, Mondays uh, are the beginning of something new. And I don't know if you've ever started something new, but it's really exciting. If you're going to start a new project, if you're going to start, you know, something, maybe it's working on your car, maybe it's a new business venture. Like Mondays are are the days where we start something new and we understand the energy behind it. Uh, So, for example, uh, several years ago, uh, my former counselor, who's out of Chattanooga, and I, we were talking about starting a podcast. We thought it'd be fun to do a podcast. We'd talk about the psychology. We'd talk about the Bible. And, 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 you know, we would go from an angle of a pastor and a counselor having a conversation. And years went by. And I was at a wedding last year in Chattanooga that I was doing, and he was there. We were the only people who knew each other. We were sitting at the table, and we were like, hey, what about that podcast? I was like, yeah, 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 that'd be fun. And a year later, I finally said, you know what? We're starting the podcast. We're start, I don't know if it was Tuesday or not, but we're starting the podcast because here's what I've found in my life is that starting something's exciting. I once uh, decided to start a beard oil company uh, and, and, and I got the domain name and I got the branding, I created the design and I never started it because thinking about it and talking about it is way easier than actually doing it. There's this energy that surrounds a new job, a new relationship, whatever it is. And what we found is that every idea sounds great, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, ah, maybe, I don't know. Because we experience this thing called resistance. A lot of people experience resistance and they give up. The moment things get challenging, the moment things become difficult, the moment you actually have to put the work into something, we experience a little bit of resistance and we say, no way, but Tuesday is the day that we face the battle, where we keep a boundary on our work, right? We realize Sunday is the first day of the week and it's rest, and that's our our boundary, and we rest from our work in order to work from a place of rest, and so we put parameters, and we've seen people who get their lives out of the boundaries of what's appropriate and how God's created us, and we work all the time and we never rest. Or we rest all the time and we never work, but we know because of the rhythm of our week that we rest and we work, and we have this Monday experience many times where we're like, I'm going to take on the world, and then Tuesday comes and we're like, I don't know if I even want to get out of bed. Has anybody ever had like a spiritual Tuesday? Or like maybe Monday you started fresh. I'm never going to make that mistake again. I'm never going to sin like that. I'm never going to talk like that. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to make those mistakes again. And then you wake up Tuesday. And you're like, eh, maybe one more time. Like spiritually, we may say, I'm going to commit myself to reading, reading the Bible. Or I commit myself to prayer. We're really dive in. I'm going to do these things. And, and spiritually, we're like, oh, man, but there's so much resistance. There's so much fight that comes. And spiritually, we experience this all the time where it feels like everyone around us is, is experiencing this Monday God and we're just like stuck with this Tuesday God where it's just a battle and it's just difficult and, and hard. And the problem for a lot of us is that we are trained for peace and we're not prepared for war. And if you remember back to the summer when we were talking about Ephesians and the armor of God and, and the reality that we're fighting forces unseen, we know that we are trained for peace and we're not prepared for war and so we need to acknowledge the fact that we're going to definitely on a daily basis be uh, experiencing conflict and battles and if we're not ready we're not prepared to face those battles then we're always going to be people who quit we're always going to be people who who uh lose and i believe that we've been conditioned to believe that if something is difficult then uh, then it's not worth doing 
I think culturally we've been taught, hey, if it's hard, then do something else, right? Always do the easy stuff. But we're in church, so we spiritualize it. If it's hard, it must not be God's will. If there's a resistance, if it's challenging, that's probably not what God wants. And so we've spiritualized this same idea of being lazy. And we go, well, it's a little difficult. It's probably not God's will because everything that God wants to do is always easy and everything just opens up. It's always simple. We'll just do something else. But since the beginning of time, what I want you to know is that we were created for work. We were created to do the difficult things We were created to face the battle. We were created for hard things. We were created for difficult things. That what I want you to know this morning is we were created for work. That is what you and I were created for. And a lot of us, we want to avoid the word. It's a four-letter word that we don't like. Uh, We don't want to think about it. You know, we get into the weekend. You don't want to think about having to work tomorrow. But the reality is we were created for this. And Scripture reveals God at work. And work is introduced What I think is fascinating is it's introduced before sin. It's introduced before really anyone else is introduced in the scriptures. If you look at Genesis, we find Genesis 1, the the, the earth is void. There's nothing there. It's empty. And in Genesis 2, uh, we find that God is starting to uh, speak things into existence. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. How cool is that? And the man became a living being. Verse 8, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food in the middle of the garden. Or the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what we're seeing is God is painting this beautiful picture with his mouth he is creating. He's dreaming and creating, and we're seeing it come to fruition in real time. There's trees, and there's plants, and there's shrubbery, and there's bushes, and there's fruit, and it's beautiful. This bare land now is lush and green, and he creates this beautiful world, and then he places man right there in the center of it. He creates Adam. He creates mankind, and in verse 15, the Lord God took the man, and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to watch over it. In Genesis, we find that God creates man, and he sets him to work. Isn't this fascinating that God creates this utopian, perfect, beautiful picture of what life is like, and he places man at the center of it, and he puts him to work? See, here's the problem that I have with this, is that I imagine utopia to be like a beach, where like the hardest thing I have to do is like crack open a book and a drink, We're like, I don't even have to take a chair to the ocean because it's already there. And some guy has already dusted the sand off and is ready for me. Like, that's the picture of perfect life. But God, when he's creating the world, he can imagine and dream anything that he wants. He begins to shape and form the world, and he puts mankind there, and he puts him to work. But he doesn't just put him to work. He puts him to work to take care of all of it. Can you imagine being man and God saying, okay, here's all of this, you know, here's your planet, I need you to care for it. Grass and trees, things are going to need to be, you know, kept up. If I'm Adam, I'm going, yeah, I'm good. I think all of it's fine. I think we'll just leave it the way it is for now, and maybe we'll tackle it another day, right? It's good. But he says, no, I'm going to put you here, and I want you to work. Can you imagine you work one side, and by the time you get to the other, the other's already grown up? Like it's constant work, it's nonstop. But that is the life that God created for mankind. And in verse 19 it says, Now the Lord God has formed out of the ground 
all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever he called them, each living creature, that was its name. So the man names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. I think this is crazy. God's like, okay, I've given you the planet. I want you to take care of it. But not only that, but I also want you to go ahead and name all the animals. All of them. So we have like birds and fish and cows and whatever. And Adam just is coming up with this stuff. Just in real time. Not only is he taking care of the garden, but he's naming everything. It's as if God said, hey, taking care of the world is just not enough. I need some more work for you. And Adam, exemplifying creativity that can only come from God, creates all these beautiful names. Because like for me, I'm like, that's cow. That's cow two, and that's cow three, and that's cow four. Like, we got a lot of animals here. But Adam's coming up with all this stuff because he's not shying away from work. He's not backing down from what's hard and difficult. He's not backing down from the challenge that he's placed in front of him. But in a perfect world, in perfect conditions, God still created work. This is work before sin. This is work before the fall. This is work that's not a punishment. This is work that God places in the hands of man to be done. And God's perfect place for us is not void of work, even though we demonize work and we use work as a punishment. It's a wonderful punishment for children. It's not a punishment. God's placed things that are difficult and hard and challenging in front of us because he's created us to be able to handle it. That work is how we create, but work is also how we prevent ourselves from merely being consumers. Work is what we do in the world. Work is our part that we play. That God isn't asking us, though, to do something he hasn't done himself. God's not putting Adam at the center of the garden saying, okay, you got all this work, I'm going to be over here. You know what I mean? I'm going to take the rest of the week off because I deserve it. Uh, You work, I'm going to hang out. God hasn't asked Adam, God hasn't asked you and I to do something that God himself is not willing to do. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I think this is fascinating, that you are God's handiwork. You are God's work. You are what God is doing, that you are God's hard thing that he's working on and he's working in and he's tilling the ground. You are God's garden of Eden that he's placed himself at the center or you've allowed him to come into the center of your life and he's working on you and he's working in you that you are handcrafted by God for good works. Now without diving into what good works means in context, it doesn't mean like benevolence. It doesn't mean serving the poor. It doesn't mean in this context that we go out and we do kind things for others. He's actually talking about work. He's talking about everything that we put our hands to. You were created, predestined, set aside for you, and and he's created you to do these things. But you are God's workmanship. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you're still entertaining the idea of God or you've been following Christ forever, know that he worked hard on you and he is working in you. You are his hard and healthy thing. You are God's garden of Eden. And he did not put something on Adam that he didn't put on himself. He says, I'm gonna take on these challenges too. I'm gonna take on this work too. And God takes you and me and he places himself at our center of our lives. He says, I'm gonna work on you. But have you noticed that some of us are a little more work for God than others? 
Some of us are just a little more difficult for God than others. Some of us are a little bit harder, that he has to work just a little bit harder on us. But we were created for work. All the time, we were created to build and to dream and to create and to put our hands to the plow and to do the hard, healthy thing that's been placed in front of us. In Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. So if you're here and you have a job, most likely what happened was you went to that job and, and you either signed a contract or had a verbal agreement that you would do a certain thing. And if you did what you were supposed to do, then they would pay you this amount and you had a contract. I fulfill my end, you fulfill your end. Great, we're in a contractual obligation. If I don't fulfill my end, you're not going to fulfill my end and we don't eat this week. So when I came here in January uh, of last year, uh, I, I came into this church. I met with the board, met in front of some, many of you, and said, okay, I will, you know, work for the church, give all my time. We're going to, you know, preach the gospel, and we're going to work on ways that we can continue to reach people for Christ. This is what I'm going to do. And the church said, okay, this is how we're going to compensate you, and we kind of entered this agreement. But what the scriptures are saying is that that's good, and that is one way that labor is dignified, you know, is that laborers receive a fair wage, and we believe a workman's worthy of his hire, and, and these are spiritual principles, so we understand this. But what Scripture is saying is that you have a contract to work, but your contract is not with your employer. Not first and foremost. First and foremost, your contract is with God Almighty. That when you decide to work, you decide to put your hands to the plow, you decide to do that thing that God has called you to do, that he's set aside and created you to do, we enter into a verbal agreement with God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, that we are going to fulfill our duties, and everything that we do is to be done according to God, to God and to his glory. And for a lot of us, our, our jobs are stressful, and they're demanding, and they're overwhelming, and, and I'll be honest, as human beings, we tend to take on too much we tend to take on more than we think we can handle. Have you ever like tried to do a project and it was really big and you're like, I can't wait for this to be over. And as soon as it was over, you took on another, you know, or you stacked them. Like I just recently took on this opportunity to, to help out a nonprofit in Henderson. And I, I didn't, it's a big job. It's more time than I want to spend, but it, it involves some creativity. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll help out. And as soon as I did, I was like, ah, but I'll do it again. And the reason that we take on things that seem bigger than we can handle is because we were created for more. We were created for work. We were created for those hard things. We were created for battles. We were created to create. And God hardwired that into our DNA for us to be able to work, to do those things, because those things need to be done. There are people that need to be reached. There are jobs that need to be accomplished. And all the while, we're pointing people to Christ with everything that we do. But here's the thing. As much as we don't like work, we realize with work, comes resistance. With work comes resistance. Inevitably, regardless of what you say you're going to do, there will always be a measure of resistance because resistance is so avoided, we avoid work, but resistance is coming. It's a natural part of accomplishing anything. With every task, there will be resistance. There's going to be complications. There's going to be obstacles to overcome. And inside of many of us, there's this desire, this drive to work. But what happens is we start out strong, and then we start to taper off really quick because of resistance. 
And sometimes we create resistance. Or sometimes resistance finds us. But regardless, resistance is a natural part of doing any kind of work. And, And we are tempted so many times to quit or to give up. The moment we feel any resistance, the moment we feel anything that's difficult or hard, we stop, we give up, we say, it's not for me, and we, we quit. And I always wonder what would happen if we just pushed through that resistance. What more could we do for the Lord? What more could we have accomplished? What more could we, what are we missing out on just on the other side of resistance? But we sell ourselves short so often but when we encounter resistance, when we encounter a battle, what we have to do is we have to ask ourselves the question, is this battle mine to fight? Is this my resistance to take on? Is this my battle to fight? Because a lot of us find resistance because we're fighting battles that were never meant for us to fight. We take on battles that weren't ours to fight because there are thugs and there are warriors. Thugs, they just go looking for a fight. They'll fight anything and anyone, anytime. We know thugs practically. They're the people who are, you know, looting old people's cars. You know, it's just awful stuff that's happening. Uh, thugs are just always looking for some kind of trouble. We see thugs on, online, on social media. They're, we call them trolls. But they're looking for problems. They just, want to cause, they just want to cause chaos. And thugs, they're just fighting all the time for no reason. I see some stuff people post. And like, you're just trying to cause trouble and there's no purpose. But then we have warriors. And warriors are intentional about when they fight. Warriors are intentional about how they fight. Warriors are intentional uh, about who they fight. Warriors, they don't go looking for a battle. Warriors only fight battles that have purpose and intention. And when they're not fighting a battle, a warrior's preparing for a battle. A warrior's getting ready for when the fight may come. They're training, they're preparing. And so the next time that you encounter a person or a situation that's difficult, You need to ask yourself, is this my battle to fight? Is this my war to wage? Is this the hill that I choose to stand on? But the question isn't, can I win this battle? So many times when we go into conflict, we first say, well, can I win it? Because if I can win it, I'm going to take it, right? I'll take any fight I know I can win. The question isn't, can I win it? The question is, is this battle for me? Because when you fight a battle and that battle is yours to fight, you feel strong and you feel healthy and you feel energized, because there are two types of battles. There's the first type of battle is hard and healthy. There are hard and healthy things in your life. Can anybody think of something that's hard but it's healthy? Go ahead. Taking care of, my aunt. Taking care of your aunt. Probably. I don't know her, but maybe. Anybody else? Something that's hard and healthy. Exercise. Always. It's difficult, but we know it's good. Somebody else, hard and healthy. Marriage. Yeah. Mostly healthy, right? Can be, can turn toxic, but it's hard and healthy. Somebody else? Somebody said dieting this morning? Raising children? There are hard things in our life, but we know they're healthy. We know there's intention. We know there's purpose. That when you're facing a battle or you're experiencing some conflict and it's healthy, it's your battle to fight, you feel energized. I'll be honest. Taking, uh, uh, taking on the role of leading this church right two, three months before a pandemic has been hard. And most days I feel like it's healthy. I wake up most days and I go, I can't wait to get in there and, and do battle. I can't wait to get in there and figure out, you know, what, what we're going to do to accomplish the mission of Christ most days. Not every day. 
But most days, not Mondays, but most days, I get in there and go, okay, this is it. Because there are hard things, but they're healthy. And when they re-energize you and, and they, they fuel you and you realize you're becoming more like Christ in the process of accomplishing these things, then you know that there are battles that you're supposed to be fighting. You, we know that, that it's work, it's hard work, but we know that it's worth it. But here's the thing. You're actually that hard but healthy thing for God. Did you know that? You're that hard but healthy thing for God. It's difficult for God to work in our lives so many times because I'll be honest, you're stubborn. You're prideful. You're a little arrogant. And I am too. And it's difficult for God to accomplish his work inside of us so many times because we fight God on every front. But you're healthy. See, what I love about the beautiful image of God and his grace is that when we make mistakes and we fall apart and we're just a mess, God is just waiting to get in there and put us back together. He can't wait to get back into our life and start working it out. Like our garden right now in front of our house, uh, not a garden, the, the English may have called it a garden, but it's our landscaping, uh, is starting to look out of shape. Uh, there's things that are, and I'm not excited about it. That's not healthy for me. I'm not anxious to do it. But there are things that I love and I see that need to be done and I can't wait to dive in. And God's just like that when he sees you and me. He sees the mess. He sees the mistakes. He sees the pain, the problems. And he can't wait to get in there and, and piece us back together because you are God's healthy resistance. You are God's healthy thing that's very difficult and it's challenging. But he loves us so much and he loves to come in and, and help us and move us. But you have to ask yourself, is that thing that I'm doing that difficult task, is that resistance, is it making me better for the people around me? Is it making me more like Christ in the process, or is this resistance taking away from my life? Is it making me less like Christ in the process? But do you guys remember Nehemiah from the scriptures? Nehemiah's this guy, he sees a problem. The problem is his city keeps getting raided. And he goes, okay, well, the problem is there's no wall, so I know what we'll do. Um, we'll build a wall. Because what's happening is uh, a lot of thugs are coming in and they're raiding the place all the time and they're looting and they're stealing and they're killing and on and on. And he says, we just need a wall so we can defend ourselves. And, and, and the problem is Nehemiah comes in and he wants to build a wall, but, but the, the bad guys, they're not going to leave him alone, right? They're not going to go, well, we'll just take a holiday here and, uh, and, and when you finish, we'll try to come back again. So what's happening is they're trying to build this wall, but they're also experiencing resistance and battles and, and, and facing thugs. And so what Nehemiah does is he teaches his workers to fight with one hand and work with the other. So here we have workers who are now working with one hand and ready and willing to fight with the other. And see, I think this is a beautiful picture of how we live every day of our lives. We've got to be ready to fight, and we've got to be ready to work. And a lot of us, we've, we've chosen one or the other, and we've become unbalanced and unhealthy, and we've got to be willing to fight, and we've got to be willing to work. But if you've ever had someone difficult in your life and you've asked yourself, God, can you just remove this difficulty from my life? I catch myself all the time going, God, this is really tough. Can you just remove it from my life? And it doesn't happen and I get frustrated. And the reason many times is that God leaves those hard things in our life to create health in our lives, like exercise. God leaves those people and those things and those situations and those scenarios in our lives sometimes because he's trying to cultivate something in our hearts. He's trying to create a faith that doesn't just uh, rise and fall with the way you feel. God's trying to do something difficult, to cha challenging in our lives. And a lot of times that resistance reminds us of our deep dependency on God. 
That resistance reminds us of how much we need God on a daily basis, that there are things in our lives that God just won't let go away. And it's not because he doesn't love us, but it's actually the opposite. It's because he loves us so much that he's not going to let us skate by. He's not going to let us slide by. And he's working something out in us and through us. And resistance is a part of what it takes to get the strength in order for us to grow closer to him. And God may uh, allow resistance for us, but his resistance always has a purpose. It's not purposeless resistance. So the next time you feel resistance in a task or a job, the next time you're butting heads with someone around you, you're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to take the easy route out. But ask yourself, is this my battle to fight? And if so, hello Tuesday, it's time to go to battle. And in fact, you may need to rename that thing or that person in your office or that child Tuesday. You know what I mean? Because they're your battle. They're the thing you're going to go to war for and you're going to fight on behalf of. And so the next time you ask and face resistance, say, is this my battle to fight? The other type of battle is hard and unhealthy things. And we see this play out all the time in our life. There are hard and unhealthy things that God gives us this opportunity sometimes to, to choose. So we're going to continue to pursue it even though it's unhealthy or are we going to walk away from it? But if you remember the guy named Jonah, Jonah was placing a task in front of him. It was going to be hard. He was going to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. And it was going to be hard, but it was healthy. It was God's will for his life. It was his calling. And yet what Jonah does is Jonah goes the opposite way. And we all know the fun story. He ends up in a, in a crazy storm, jumps over the boat, and ends up in a whale of a, a, a belly of a whale. And what we realize is that Jonah's situation is now really difficult because he placed himself in a position to run from God. See, I wonder how much of the resistance we experience sometimes is resistance because we're running the opposite direction of God. Many times we keep going, God, why do you keep stopping me? God, why are you slowing me down? And we're just running as fast as we can in the opposite direction. And many times what God is saying is, if you'll just stop and turn around, you'll see the way that I'm actually trying to lead you. So it's challenging for us as we navigate following God through the guidance of the Holy Spirit to decide, is this hard and healthy or is this hard and unhealthy? Is this God trying to turn me away from uh, something that's not his will? Or is he trying to get me to push through things so that I can gain strength and endurance and, and faith? And so we have to constantly be evaluating and reevaluating what is God's will for my life. We're fighting this feeling of resistance. Sometimes we're, we're thinking that, this is God's will when it's not God's will. And so we have to lean on the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. But the problem is it's difficult. It's hard to navigate this. So first and foremost, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and he is our comfort. And the Holy Spirit is our guide. And if we'll lean on the Holy Spirit and we'll lean on the voice of the Lord, it'll lead us in the right direction. But sometimes that's very difficult for us practically to follow. So I believe we also need people around us that we trust. That we can lean on to go, hey, I'm in the middle of this battle. Do you think this is my battle? People who, who know you can objectively look at your life and go, no, that's not your fight to fight, man. Let it go. Or they can look and go, yeah, this is hard and healthy for you. You've got to push on. You've got to work with one hand and fight with the other. So we need people around us, which is what makes this community of faith so important. We need to be able to walk into a room like this and go, hey, here's my battle. Do you think this is mine? Is it hard and healthy for me? And we can look at one another, knowing each other, and go, no, I can see that this is unhealthy for you. You've got to let it go. Or no, let's go. We're going to fight together. But we need one another as we navigate this tricky situation of trying to figure out when and who and how to fight. But the fight you're in now, it may not be your fight. And you may not be fighting for God. You actually might be fighting God. 
You may not be facing resistance. You may be resisting the work of the Lord. And so what we realize through Philippians is that Christ is the ultimate worker, and it's only by his work that we're saved. And in Philippians 1, it says, Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ. I love this passage because I believe God has created something in us, and he started, and he's going to be faithful to finish it. And we might fight him, we might resist him, we might not like what he's trying to do in our life, but what we know through Philippians is that God is faithful to complete what he started. But Tuesday's the day that we face the battle. Every Tuesday we wake up and we face the battle. Every Tuesday we get ready, and sometimes we win ground, and sometimes we lose ground. And the choice is ours. Are we going to face the battle? But you've got to know that God designed you to make a difference in this world. And you will not make a difference backing down from those challenges that are in front of you. We will not make a difference watching another Netflix show, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we won't make a difference by not doing the hard work that God has called us to do. We won't accomplish the mission of Christ by being lazy, by avoiding work, by giving up when resistance comes, but we will make a difference when we continue to push forward. When we continue to pursue God, making sure that it's our battle to fight. So Tuesday, what I want you to do is I want you to get up and prepare for war. Tuesday's coming, and you may have to remind yourself of that. I don't know how your afternoon will go, but you may have to say Tuesday's coming. You get up tomorrow, I'm starting things new, but Tuesday's coming, and I'm going to face resistance. So what I want us to do is I want us to be people who are prepared for the resistance. People who are prepared for the hard but healthy things in our lives. People who are prepared to do the hard work that moves uh, people closer to Christ. So the next time you face a battle, I want you to say to yourself, God is moving on my behalf. See, I believe we have to say things sometimes because uh, our soul needs to hear them. I believe we need to say that strongholds are coming down. Fear has to go. God is my rescuer. We've got to say the enemy is defeated. And I am more than a conqueror. And we've got to repeat these things over and over as a mantra to our soul to say God's working on my behalf. He's working in me and he's working on me and he's working through me. And he's not always moving all the difficult tasks and all the difficult circumstances, but he will give us the strength to accomplish them if we'll allow him to. And that's exactly what I want us to do this morning. I want us to be people who are willing to face the battle. If you would go ahead and stand across the room. The question isn't, will something come up? Will I experience resistance? The question is when? And so we have to be prepared to answer that question. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to face the battle or are we going to back down? Are we going to continue fighting on others' behalf? Are we going to continue to fight for what we know is right? Are we going to continue to fight for what the scriptures have called us to fight for? And are we going to stop getting sidetracked? There are so many things and people and circumstances and situations that are vying for your attention. And if the enemy can get you caught up in fighting all the wrong battles, then what happens is you end up not fighting the right battles appropriately And so often that's what we do as Christians is we get caught up in fighting all the wrong stuff when all the right stuff's right in front of us. We end up fighting people when we know we're fighting the enemy. We end up fighting things that are not our battles to fight. And so we get sidetracked and lost and and what God wants to do is bring our focus back. We're not thugs. We're not going out just looking for a fight. We're actual warriors who are intentional and we're making sure that we're fighting the right fights in the appropriate way. So that's what I want us to do this morning. If you would, just bow your head and close your eyes across the room. Father in heaven, this morning we pray 
that we would truly wake up every day, but specifically on Tuesdays, we would wake up and be reminded that we are more than conquerors, that you inside of us is greater than anything that resides uh, in the world. And so through you, we can do more than we ever imagined. So Father, my prayer this morning is that we would draw upon the strength that can only come from you so that we can face whatever battles await us. And so often we get sand kicked in our face and we give up. But God, what you want to do is create a resilience inside of us that supersedes this resistance that comes from the enemy. So Father, my prayer today is that we understand we were made for work. And we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.